Welcome to our 4G podcast. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and Pastor Kyle and I take turns hosting this podcast. And I just want to say thank you for listening, for watching. Uh, we can tell from our downloads that uh, this is benefiting people. And if it does benefit you, feel free to leave us a rating uh, to tell others about it. It'll show up a little higher in the search uh, results for those who are searching for podcasts. We call this the 4G podcast because we focus on gathering, on growing, on giving, and going with the gospel. Uh, today, I had uh, someone lined up uh, to do an interview, and that's not going to work out today, and we're going to take that, we're going to just reschedule that. Uh, so I decided to come and uh, just meet with you myself, and uh, the topic I want to address today is a question I get asked all the time, and usually it's met with a lot of laughter. Here's the question, what do pastors do anyway? <laughs> So, but before I begin, I was getting ready here, and Dave Bennett, our tech director, who's hiding behind all this electronic equipment, <laughs> we're up in the mezzanine, which is right above the kitchen at church. I'm wearing a hat, and I said, hey, Dave, I sh should I keep my hat on or not? And he said, wow, you just shaved your head. And he said these words, you look better with your hat on. So there you go. I'm wearing my hat. Thanks, Dave, for that setup. He's back there just chuckling right now. So a lot of people uh, think pastors just work one day a week. Uh, my dad says that to me a lot, and I always correct him. I said, Dad, I only work half a day a week. And he goes, yeah, that's right. Well, some of my favorite people in the world are fellow pastors, pastors who work hard at preaching the word and applying it to our world. And I have a special heart for bivocational pastors, for church planters, uh, for missionaries around the globe. And as we go through this podcast today, uh, whether you're connected here at Edgewood or you're part of another church, or maybe you aren't connected at all, next time you see a pastor, just tell him thank you for what he does. Here's why many pastors are discouraged, disheartened, even depressed, and uh, pastors sometimes are in the crosshairs, and this is a hard time to minister in our culture today. There's a lot of anger. Uh, a lot of pastors are hesitant to preach uh, the gospel. They're hesitant to uh, be convictional in their preaching. Um, most of the pastors I know are not. They're very courageous preaching the gospel, unashamed of the gospel. And uh, so if you have a pastor like that, you encourage him to keep preaching God's word without apology, to preach it convictionally, and also to do so with compassion. I like to say we want to be convictional, convictional about sin and compassionate toward sinners. It is such a joy for me to be part of the team here at Edgewood. I consider it an honor to serve alongside Pastor Ed, who's been serving here like 44 years. Uh, Pastor Tim, before he retired, uh, Pastor Andy, and and Sheila, oh my, she's getting ready for Awana tonight, and she does so much 
Uh, so glad also Pastor Chris, Pastor Kyle, Pastor Dan, Pastor Chad, and uh, Micah Kungusen are on the team. Uh, we also have Dave Bennett, our uh, tech director, and Lynn and Marie in the office, and Becca and Liesel in nursery and preschool, and Darlene serving us quietly and faithfully uh, as our custodian. Uh, we're also in the process of searching for an administrative pastor and a new children's ministry director. Uh, one of my uh, highlights in a month is to connect with other pastors here in the Quad Cities. Uh, last time we met, there were about 25 of us, and we're all gospel-preaching pastors. Uh, we're doing another outreach this Easter. It's actually the Saturday before Easter with five other gospel-preaching churches in Rock Island. That's Gospel Community Church with Tanner Prenovo. Uh, they meet at Youth Hope on 11th Street in Rock Island. Uh, Doug Rowland with Rock Island Bible Church. Tanner Payton with Word of Life. Josh Smith with Bethel. Josh is new to the community. Uh, Bethel's just down the street on 38th Street, and Scott Casto uh, right across the street at First Church of the Nazarene, where this outreach will be held. Well, perhaps you're wondering what a pastor does. So uh, in addition to watching over their own souls, um, that's a primary responsibility. Uh, pastors strive to love God, uh, to love and serve their spouse, to care for their families, to impact their communities, to evangelize, to pray, to study, to gather, to grow, to give, and to go with the gospel, to exegete scripture, to prepare sermons, to give devotionals, to write, to organize, to plan, to shepherd, to teach, to cast vision, to lead, to encourage, to officiate weddings, and funerals, to listen, to continue to learn, to love, to administrate, to guard doctrine and guard the flock here under our care, uh, to connect with other pastors, uh, to make proposals to leadership teams, to prioritize, to baptize, to lead in the Lord's Supper, to motivate others, to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves, to advocate for persecuted believers, to seek justice, to protect the flock from error, to dedicate children, to mentor, to train, to counsel, to read, to process, to coach, to steward finances, to practice hospitality, to reprove, to correct, to uh, counsel, uh, coach, uh, let me, I lost my space here, stand up and speak out, um, bring back the straying, reach out to lost people who need Jesus, to plan services, to contextualize the message without watering it down, but how do we communicate it? in a culture uh, that no longer has the foundation our culture once had, how to speak to culture, uh, how to visit and shepherd people and make phone calls 
encourage area ministries and uh, connect with uh, the younger generation while also connecting uh, with more senior adults uh, to write and respond to emails, to post on social media, to exhort, to equip, to comfort, to confront, to rebuke, to counsel, to advocate, to clarify, to make peace, to follow up with guests, to make disciples, to mobilize missionaries and fan into flame a passion for the nations, to preach the gospel in season and out of season, all for the glory of God and for the fame of his holy name. And all of that on just one day of the week. (laughs) Well, here's what God allowed me to do today. And so here's a window into my world. God woke me up early today, uh, actually earlier than I even wanted to be up. I was just done sleeping. First thing I did was make some coffee and read my Bible. Uh, I've been reading the book of Ephesians over and over. Sometimes I'll read large chunks, other times smaller chunks, uh, and then spend time praying, praying for my family, praying for things here at Edgewood, uh, praying for the needs of the world. Um, and the, just this week, I've actually been praying on my knees. Now, I'm not saying that so you think better of me because I don't think better of me for doing that because I haven't been doing it. But I decided to do it this week because, well, the text that we'll be learning this week says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. So I've just been uh, doing that, and I have found it's really a humble posture. It reminds me that God's in charge. It's a little uncomfortable on my knees, uh, so it, it keeps me focused. It helps me not wander. It real, I'm realizing I'm doing serious business here if I'm on my knees. Um, you might want to try it yourself. Maybe try it for a week. Uh, you'll hear me say this weekend, if you connect um, with the message, is um, you don't have to pray on your knees. There's instances in the Bible with people standing up. There's people sometimes praying. Sometimes they're flat on their face. Uh, Sometimes we can pray when we're out walking or running or in the car. The key is to have the right posture in our hearts. Uh, So after I did that, I spent about two hours doing some sermon work. Uh, I thought you might be interested. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, you could see at least a little bit of this. This is what the sermon looks like early in the week, and um, this is midweek now, where I'm simply, I type out the passage, and then I do uh, word studies. I look at the the original and to find out what the words actually say, uh, what they mean, and then I'm doing a lot of cross-references that I write on here. I'll write down sermon ideas. I used a yellow marker to show that the entire Trinity is mentioned in this uh, prayer, I'll make some notes, I'll um, even write out some illustrations, uh, different ideas, and I try to put everything that is going to be in the sermon, or at least the skeleton of that, on on these two pieces of paper. So this is Ephesians 
chapter 3, verses 14 through 21 for this weekend. And then as I continue to go over uh, the passage, I just take a uh, a legal pad, and I start writing down illustration ideas because it's important to illustrate God's truth because then, well, then it sticks with us and we can apply it. Um, I started another one on some various action steps, and uh, I don't know if I can find it now. It might be down in, the, in my office. No, here it is. Uh, then I also am praying through this whole process uh, for an outline. Uh, not an outline that I'm bringing to the text, but I'm in studying the text, I'm looking for the outline that's already there. And um, it helps us as we go through a passage then to help us understand it. And here's what I have so far. It could change and probably will change. The posture of prayer, uh, the petitions of prayer, and then the power of prayer. And that's right from Ephesians three. Um, so I did about two hours of sermon work uh, this morning, and then uh, I write a devotional on Facebook every day, so I spent some time uh, writing a devotional. Sometimes I'll work on that devotional the day before. Uh, since today is Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day, uh, I just looked at the brevity of life and what ashes represent, did some, some study in the history of, of Ash Wednesday, it's kind of the beginning of Lent, and we're not a church really that practices that, uh, but growing up, I would have ashes on my forehead and just took a look at that because it's a reminder that, well, we come from dust and to dust we shall return. And I tied that in to Valentine's Day. Um, and uh, a couple years ago, the Lord prompted me to write a devotional on Facebook every day. And it was in response to all the junk that I see on Facebook. And I thought, man, if, if God could use me to post something redemptive every day, something that will be helpful and I have a lot of friends on Facebook who don't know Jesus yet, and so a lot of times I'm posting with them in mind. Uh, other times I'm posting to help the believer take their next step with Jesus. Other times it's it's a encouragement, um, but you can get to that on my Facebook uh, page. Um, and then uh, after that, I send an early email to our Vanderblumen uh, search consultant uh, as we're searching for two new staff positions. Uh, he gets up early as well, so he responded to my email uh, at 6.30 this morning. <laughs> so, uh, and then I had breakfast with my Valentine. I went upstairs, and Beth made me breakfast. We exchanged uh, cards, and happy Valentine's Day, Beth. Uh, and then after that, I went down, back down in the basement, uh, rode the exercise bike, and then I realized my hair was getting long, <laughs> so I shaved my head, cut my hair. That's why Dave said leave the hat on, um, and showered. Uh, and then I contacted some people about their involvement in a funeral on Saturday uh, for Nels Lindell, uh, answered some emails and Facebook messages, people had some questions, uh, returned some texts, uh, and then I went to Vibrant. Uh, it's a coffee house in Moline uh, where I worked on my sermon for um, another three hours, 
And at Vibrant, I've gotten to know some guys. One of the guys came up to me and he had a little white note card and he said, I got some Bible questions for you. And that's fairly typical. And uh, so after a couple hours, I went over to his table and just pulled up a chair and and tried to answer some questions. I love what God's doing there. Uh, while I was at Vibrant, I saw two women from Edgewood. Uh, they were studying the book of Philippians together as part of our intentional discipleship uh, ministry. And uh, one is a newer believer, one's been walking with Jesus for a while. And so if you're looking to grow and uh, you haven't been discipled, contact Pastor Kyle. If you've been walking with Jesus for a while, it's time for you to pour into somebody else in intentional discipleship. While I was over talking to my buddies about their Bible questions, I looked back over to these two Edgewood members, and they had their heads bowed in the middle of the coffee shop. And I just watched. I glanced at them several times. They prayed for about 10 minutes together. It just made me smile. Uh, before I left Vibrant, I saw another pastor, uh, Tanner Smith, and he was there working on his sermon. I sat down with him for about 10 minutes, and we just mutually encouraged uh, one another. And then I headed over to Youth Hope, uh, where I do some mentoring with a fourth uh, grade boy. I'm part of a team of guys. There's about 20 of us who spend time with guys from a school in East Moline. Uh, these guys are all struggling, these young boys. And the teachers, the counselors, the administration were looking for some support. They turned to Youth Hope. Mark Drake from Youth Hope, who we'll interview here uh, shortly on one of these podcasts, uh, said, yes, I can rally, get some guys together. So we're teaching these young guys to be men of valor, to teach them how to respect their teachers and we had a message today. It's just a, a wonderful opportunity. But anyway, on my way to Youth Hope, I connected with some people and prayed with them on the phone, people going through some hard times. Um, it, it was an interesting time today. The, the little boy that I mentor uh, is struggling, and the project today, because it was Valentine's Day, was name three things that you love, List three things that make you feel loved. This is pretty sad. This hit me hard in the gut. Name three things that you love. Nothing. He said he loved nothing. And I prompted him. I was giving him ideas, and he just shook his head. No, I don't love, I don't love anything. And then I said, well, how about three things that make you feel loved? He shook his head, and he said, Nothing. Nothing. Well, I'm thankful for the times I get to spend with him. He uh, went to camp last summer. We were able to help sponsor him. And I told him again today about uh, camp, uh, camp Summit, which is part of Youth Hope, and love the ministry of Youth Hope and love what they're doing, and this ministry matters. But I'm reminded every time I'm with them, uh, with my little guy, of how much uh, this means to him and, and the, just the tough situation uh, that he's in. Pastor Kyle's also involved in this. A couple other guys from Edgewood are doing this. While I was there, one of the counselors pulled me aside, the counselor from the school, and said, hey, if you ever want to come to this school and have lunch with this, this guy, please come. He needs more contact. And so uh, I exchanged numbers, and we'll set that up. Uh, 
Um, when I got back to the office after that, I met with someone about the funeral this Saturday. Uh, then I did some more uh, funeral message prep. Then I met with Pastor Chris about our next steps. The deacons last night approved a proposal uh, to bring in a conference this fall. Uh, two years ago, we did the Prophecy Conference with Michael Radelnik and Jared Hall and Jason Crosby, Ray Pritchard, and oh, I just forgot the other. Um, another guy came, and we had like 600 people here for the Prophecy Conference in then last year, uh, in the fall, we did a focus we called Unshaken and Unashamed. Uh, we brought in uh, a special guest. We did a, um, an apologetic seminar with Rick Magoo, uh, and that was, uh, that was just excellent. And we just focused for eight weeks on how to uh, focus on equipping our people to know what they believe, why they believe it, and how they communicate it to others. So this fall, we're thinking, man, probably the number one issue that our teenagers and young adults struggle with is sexuality. And they're hearing so many messages from our culture, and a lot of them are struggling personally, or they know people have, uh, whether that's um, the transgender issue or same-sex attraction. And we have a lot of parents and grandparents are like, ah, how do I help? How do I help my child? How do I help my grandchild? What do I do? How do I respond? Uh, and so we're planning to bring in uh, a speaker, and um, I, I guess I can't release his name yet because we don't have the details, but we're pursuing uh, someone. He's written a number of books. He's, he's got his doctorate in ministry, um, and we're, we're really hoping that that's going to work out. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as it does. So after talking to Pastor Chris, I prepped a little bit more for this podcast, uh, talked to Marie about the baby bottle project uh, that we're going to do again. We'll kick that off on Mother's Day. That's to support the Ministry of Pregnancy Resources. That'll end on Father's Day. Um, and then after the podcast, I'll um, go back to my office and we'll see what God has for me next. I'll connect with a couple other uh, team members, I'm sure. Uh, I'll give a little more attention to the funeral message and to the message this afternoon. On my way home, I'm going to pick up Chipotle. <laughs> uh, actually, the best, I think, for us, Valentine dinner would be Thai food. Uh, but we realize we don't have enough turnaround time to make that happen. Uh, Beth serves at Pregnancy Resources, so we both won't get home till about 5.30. Uh, uh, so we'll get Thai food on another night. And then we're having our growth group uh, tonight. Uh, we did survey everybody in the growth group to say, hey, are we still going to meet? It's Valentine's Day. What do you want to do? And we chose to meet. So all of that to say, it is a privilege to be a pastor. Uh, I would rather do nothing else. Is that the right English? <laughs> There's nothing else I'd rather do. Uh, I get to have front row seat to see life change. I get to see people uh, turn from sin and find freedom and forgiveness in Christ, to find hope and to find healing. 
uh, to see how God uses his word in a powerful way as it explodes in people's lives. The Bible's like dynamite, right? The gospel's like dynamite. I get to see how God uses his word to comfort and soothe people when they go through struggles and trials. I get to to make connections and, and help. I get to celebrate what God is doing all for his glory and so I one one thing I just I want to share is it's just so exciting uh, and then I'm going to end by praying our passage uh, for you uh, from Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, so here's what I want to share. Pastor Ed and I have the privilege of serving on the board of Keep Believing Ministries. Uh, I was Ray Pritchard's associate pastor for uh, several years, and Keep Believing Ministries is almost 20 years old. I've been on the board that whole time. One of the key ministries of KBM is the distribution of this gospel book called Anchor for the Soul. And that book has been distributed, well, ready for this? There's one million copies of Anchor for the Soul that, that are out. Some are still ready to be distributed. We host, under the leadership of Gary and Kathy Pinger, we have thousands of boxes of those books in English and Spanish at a rental facility in Moline. So when people want one of those uh a box of those books, they come in 100 or 120 for Spanish. Uh, they send in a request. Those books get used in prison ministry. They're at the, in the jail here in Rock Island. Uh, but all over the country, they're distributed at pregnancy resource centers. They were distribu- distributed at Ground Zero. That's where the book got its start, actually, out in New York. Um, and just all over the country. And it's such a joy to see how God does that. Anyway, at our last board meeting a week ago, almost two weeks ago now, we were brainstorming for how we can get copies of the English and Spanish Anchor for the Soul into the hands of people because we know when people read that book, they're coming face to face with the gospel and many of them are coming to faith in Christ. It also charges believers up in evangelism. So Pastor Ed was brainstorming. He's like, wow, is there a way we could get this book to people who go to conferences? And once they read the book, then maybe they'll order copies and we distribute this this book for free. So there, there's no cost to people. And uh, so Ed was like, are there any conferences and um, we have connections at Moody. I'm a Moody grad, and Ray speaks at Moody, and the book was actually published by Moody Publishers. So, um, But Ed, Ed was just sharing. He was brainstorming. We're all throwing out different ideas. Well, that next week, I got a phone or an email from somebody I went to Moody with back in the mid-80s. We've stayed in touch. Her name is Jamie. Uh, She works at Moody. She's uh, the editor for Today in the Word, which is a devotional that Moody does. And she said, hey, do you have a way to provide Spanish copies of Anchor for the Soul? Because there's a uh, Hispanic conference coming up for pastors at Moody. I immediately emailed back. I said, yes, we can get you as many as you need for free. 
Little backstory. Mark Job, the president of Moody, grew up in Spain. He's a missionary kid. He speaks Spanish. He's got a real heart for the Latino community. A couple years ago, he started this conference at Moody. They had a couple hundred Hispanic pastors and ministry leaders. Last year, they had 1,100. This year, they're hoping for 1,300. So (laughs) get this. Everyone attending that conference is now going to get a free copy of Anchor for the Soul in Spanish, and we're going to provide several hundred more, put them out on tables at this conference. The hope is that these uh, Latino pastors will read the book and want more for their own ministry, and we'll provide those as well. Gary and Kathy Pinger are in charge of the distribution of these books, and I heard just today that Gary is going to drive these books into Moody, personally deliver them. Uh, That leads me to the passage for this weekend. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So now I'd like to end with prayer and stick with me because if you struggle with prayer like we all do, let me recommend something. I have something that will transform your prayer life. You won't have to search for words. You'll find yourself saying different words. And Well, what is it? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Use scripture to pray back to God. And so today we're going to take the last verses of Ephesians chapter through chapter three. There's also a prayer in Ephesians chapter one. There's a prayer in Colossians. There's prayers all throughout scripture. There's longer prayers, the book of Daniel, chapter nine, the Lord's Prayer, a lot of prayers, and that can revitalize your prayer life. And actually, you could pray the Psalms back to the Lord. Uh, So uh, one last thing before we pray. This Sunday night, we're having a night of prayer here. Pastor Kyle and Pastor Chris have been working hard on this. And so here's the thing. In 30 years of being a pastor, uh, one of the hardest things is to call people to pray because, well, there's a lot of pushback. And a lot of times it's not out loud. It's just people are like, I don't want to go to that. Well, maybe that's been you. So let me tell you about this night of prayer. We're going to gather in the worship center at six o'clock and we're going to have a song or two, some focused prayer, and then we're going to be dismissed from the worship center and go to 10 different stations out in the lobby where we will pray for different Topic. So one of those is praying for enemies. Another is praying for our mission trips coming up uh, this summer. We have four different mission trips. Uh, there's a, be a, a station to pray for your pastors and spiritual leaders, political leaders, uh, pray for the persecuted church, uh, have a time of confession, pray for those who are sick. Um, we're also going to spend opportunity to pray for 
um, people who are going through hard times. Uh, pray for unreached people groups who still need to know and, and embrace the gospel. We'll pray for lost people. We're going to pray regarding the sanctity of life, that God would protect life, and you'll be given a booklet to help guide that time. So that's Sunday night from 6 to 7.15. I invite you to that. Now, let's use this passage now as a format, a pattern for prayer, and I'm simply holding up my Bible and going to pray, and I'm just going to personalize it for you. I'm going to pray for you now using God's Word. Lord, you tell us uh, that we can pray in a variety of postures. But Lord, right now, um, my heart is bowed before you. I recognize your supremacy, your power, and that you are Father. Jesus, you invite us to call your Father our Father who art in heaven. And Lord, we know that every family in heaven and on earth is named by you. Some of our loved ones are in heaven and others are here on earth. And now, according to the riches of your glory, may you grant the one who's listening now, may you grant him or her to be strengthened with power through your spirit in their inner being so that you, Christ, may dwell, may set up home in their hearts through faith and that they would be rooted and grounded in love, grounded deep into your word. And Lord, may they have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breath and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Lord, that you may fill all of us with the very fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or even think according to your power at work within us. To you, O Lord, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the 4G podcast. Uh, continue to live on mission as you take the word to the world around us. Take the gospel to your neighbors and to the nations, all for his glory and for the fame of his glorious name.